Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Hey, if it's your first time, I'm Matt. I'm the pastor here and part-time keyboard player, so I am grateful to be with you guys. Uh, I'm going to invite Jerry and April up. We're going to talk today. Listen, if you're warm, I apologize. I started sweating in the middle of worship, uh, and I had to take my phone out, take the AC down, and turn it off. So uh, we want to make sure you weren't freezing when you got here. Uh, but it does say it's 49 degrees outside, so it's perfect weather for weather. Um, We've been doing something different, uh, having some people come up and talk with me this, uh, on Sunday mornings, and uh, I, basically what, how this evolved is we were having a conversation about worship at my house and, and, and how we kind of wanted to reset, refocus, uh, and rebuild uh, from the foundation of what God's already established and really make sure that our hearts are in the right place as we do what we do. And it's super important. We've challenged our worship team, which is why we've stripped everything back for a few weeks to really just focus on what we're saying to God and not get caught up in the music of what we're doing, but really be intentional about this. We talked last week about worship is a sacrifice, and we're going to kind of continue that conversation this morning with these wonderful people here. Um, if you don't know, this is Jonathan, our, our worship pastor here. Jerry and April Brown, they're part of the worship team as well, and we've been a part of uh, our lives for a long time, um, really long. <clears throat> we're all old. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's look at this uh, scripture real quick uh, in uh, Psalm 27. Can you put that up there real quick, please? I kind of want to start the conversation with this. I think it's important. Um, the one thing that I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's uh, perfections and meditating in his temple. Um, we were talking about the song, The More I Seek You, The More I Find You. And just the idea of intimacy and how we go beyond talking about sacrifice, but really the intimacy of when we seek God, we're going to find him. And, and our goal is to live in that place every single day, is that intimate place with the Father. And it, it looks uh, incredible in, in different ways as you go deeper and deeper with God. We just sing kind of about that, just going deeper and deeper and deeper. That's really the goal, is that as we talk about sacrifice and worship and how we're we're putting our desires to the side to really give God everything, our very best, really, that it brings us to a new place of worship. Um, just you guys just kind of share, what, what is uh, a moment in your life where you reach that spot where you're like, this is what intimacy with the Father looks like in worship? Y'all can go in whatever order you want to go in. I know it's uh, probably a surprise. I'll go first. Um, <laughs> Man, I, the very first time for me was um, my 11th grade in high school. And it honestly reminds me, I know we talked about this a little bit, but it, it reminds me of this, of, you know, we had uh, my, my worship mentor, uh, Bruce Hammond, would just get on the piano and we would just worship. No list, no nothing. We would just, bro, we would just worship. And I, I mean, at that point, I was singing a lot and you know, those, those kind of things. But I remember we were in the old, I mean, those of you guys who were, you know, been to community, it was all the old 16th Street Sanctuary with God-awful carpet and wood panel everywhere. You know, it was good old 70s. Perfect acoustics. Perfect. Yeah. And, um, and man, I remember I was standing up on stage, just worshiping, just pouring my heart out to God. And I just remember, I remember just talking to talking to Jesus 
And I remember thinking, it was like this light bulb went on. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in love with Jesus. Like, not, not oh, I'm going to sing these songs, and they're great, and they're, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's pulling so much emotion out of me, you know what I mean? Because we get there in worship sometimes. We, you know, we feel the emotion of things, and it's kind of pulling on us and stuff. And But I just remember thinking, oh, my God. I'm in love with Jesus like I'm actually in love with him and that that moment changed my life because I realized right then right there that this is not anything like like what I mean I love my parents they're freaking amazing I'm just saying like it was no longer my parents faith it was no longer my my mom dragging us to you know Sunday night church when I wanted to watch King Kong on the TV it was it was I I knew I was completely just over the top in love with Jesus and that that moment changed my life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, it was kind of similar like what Jerry's talking about. My mom used to force me to go to church all the time. Thank you, mom. Uh, I hated it. I hated it. But uh, I was like 13 and she gave me the opportunity to stop going and I was like, was there a trick here? Is there something going on? You're lying to me. But that was what God told her to do because he didn't want me, like Jerry said, he didn't want me tagging on her coattails and loving the God that she loved. He wanted me to love him for myself. And uh, so I got invited to play softball, of all things, at Community uh, back in the day, and which wasn't that long ago, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Not 12 years. I'm not good at math. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere between 12, 15, 30. It's a long time in dog it's been, years. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, but I, so a little bit of backstory. My dad, I love him, but he's not always been there. And even when he was there, he wasn't really there. And uh, so I've had, I've had like struggles with seeing God as a good father, like what we sang about earlier. Um, but there was some old guys that asked me to play and wanted me to be on their team at the uh, softball community, and they they showed me a love that I hadn't seen before. Um, and it it for the first time I had heard scripture. I'd been in church, like I said, for years and years, and I knew scripture. I knew I knew of God, but I didn't know Him. And in that in those moments when they were just pouring love on me, just playing softball with people that probably shouldn't have been playing softball with hurt bodies and stuff. <laughs> Jerry Jerry plowing people over in softball. Um, Jerry's a force to be reckoned with. I just need you guys to know that. Don't get in his way if he's running full steam. Um, <laughs> just stand back a little bit further because I won't be running for that far. <laughs> but so that called me and I, I just knew God was calling me, just waiting on me the entire time. He was just standing there waiting for me. And as soon as I made the step to want to know him more and want to get into that relationship with him, it was, it's, it hasn't stopped since. He's just been, I've been going deeper and deeper with him uh, and growing with him. And yeah, that's my answer. That's good. That's good. You know, we, we talked about this, you know, what trying to, solidify things for for this morning and and I, I've been thinking like what is that one moment and I, I can't find one moment like I had the privilege of being raised in church and 
knowing Jesus Christ, knowing God intimately from a very young age. And so I don't have one defining moment when, when I remember like this big change in my life as an adult or as a teenager. But I've had this journey with the Lord from a very young age where he's spoken to me very clearly. And I don't think I realized that that wasn't everybody's story. I didn't know that wasn't, sorry, I'll be still. I didn't know that was um, not everybody's journey with the Lord. I thought he always communicated with people the way he did with me. And so I can remember being small, four or five years old, and hearing his voice very clearly. And I can remember being, you know, I grew up Baptist, so this was very (laughs) weird for the Baptist church. And I can remember going to camps, summer camps at the Baptist church, and just feeling the power of God so strongly, being up front on my knees, knowing like, God, there's more. I know there's more. And I was at some of these experiences with Jared. He is older than me, so I have to put that out there. But, but these worship nights, like what a privilege. And I didn't think of it as a privilege then. It's just what we did, right? But this privilege of Friday nights being at, we were at church in the sanctuary just worshiping and I thank God for the men and women in my life that gave us those opportunities and not realizing these were like milestones in my life that has led to where we are today and we've talked we've been talking a lot at home and in just like random chats about these milestones that God has set in our life these mile markers that we look back and remember like this is part of like what was that moment for you right And we look back because we want to honor where God has done these things and what he's done for us and celebrate them. And knowing that if this is where I started, I know he's going to continue to do these things in my life. You know, and if that's if that's not your story, it's okay. Like today's the new day. Thank you. Some people get angry when they cry. I mean, yeah, when they cry, they get, you know, it's because they're angry and like Holy Spirit talks to me and I cry. So it's just. It's just the way it is. Um, I wanted to read, because we've talked a lot about intimacy and what does intimacy mean. And um, God started speaking to me about Psalms 139, and it says, Lord, you've examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it. Lord, you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. So I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. Even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to come on night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To the night shines as bright as day, darkness and light are the same to you. And that's Psalms 139. And that's, to me, that's the definition of intimacy. He's always there. He always sees into the heart of me. And, and these, you know, these are the things that we're building in our lives. Like Jonathan said, it's just been this journey with the Lord since then that's grown deeper 
And, and that's, that's the heart of this intimacy with the Lord is it's not, you know, it's not always this deep dive into this intimacy with him. Sometimes it's a step, it's a layer, it's a journey, but it's always an opportunity. Like it is always an opportunity. He's always there, you know, waiting for you to just join. That's good. Yeah, for me, you've heard the story. For me, it's been uh, when my dad was dying, you know, and we were in the room in the house and he's gone to a coma. It's a very uh, weird thing at 17 years old to, to watch that. But what I said earlier, for me, it wasn't that we, we stopped to do worship. We were just grabbing guitars and we started playing. And it wasn't that we were playing music. It was what we were actually singing. Yeah. We want to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Like, that's all we, we have nothing else to do right now but uh, just lift up your name. It was like the, the intentionality of saying, God, I'm in the lowest point right now. I just need to see you lifted up because open the eyes of my heart because right now my eyes, what I'm physically seeing is not good. And I've got to have an experience. And the entire house changed the moment we were being intentional about what we were singing, not just the fact that we were worshiping. And that's why it's so important that when we come here each week, it's not that we're going through a routine of singing a worship song and, and going through a set list. And like, oh, wow, that was a good worship time. You know, well, what did you say to God? What were you singing? What were you proclaiming in that, that 30, 40, 50 minutes of, of the song portion of our worship? Like, what were you actually saying? Did you realize what you were saying to God? Or do you just sing it because it's just the routine of things? I grew up in a, in a church system where it was just very routine, very structured. This is what we do. We go home. That's it. We were just doing church. We weren't actually being a church. And um, so worship was very uh, stagnant and very much just let's just sing songs because they're good tempos. And this is what we sing every time we do communion. This is what we sing every time we leave the building. It was very uh, robotic. And it was no intimacy. And... Sometimes um, I found myself trying to learn parts to uh, telling these guys, you know, learning parts and hymns because everything's written for at least for vocalists, you know, choirs or whatever. So, you know, I'm singing like the little stuff. Now I'm making people laugh in the back of the church because I'm like doing like a Groucho Marx impression singing, you know, Victory in Jesus. Um, but I didn't know what worship really was at that point. It wasn't until I came face to face with reality of what life is and then saying, God, I have to have you now. Everything I've, I've heard in Sunday school, the felt board stories, all that stuff, that better be real right now because I need it. Yeah. And, you know, without being grotesque, but when in a relationship, intimacy doesn't just happen. You can have an experience with someone and not be intimate with them. I can have a really great experience with someone and not actually be intimate with them. Intimacy takes work. It takes intentionality. It's saying, I'm seeing the best of you, you're seeing the best of me, and I'm choosing you. Even when the pimple shows up or when, when the bad thing happens that you can't fix for me, I'm still choosing you because I know who you are. I know who you are. See, we, we're, we're talking about worship here. We're not talking about just singing songs. We're talking about a lifestyle of saying, I know who God is. And the one thing I ask of the Lord that, that I seek the most is to live with him forever. I want to be with God forever. I don't want to be married to anybody else but Brittany. I don't. And so I'm choosing her every single day. Thank God she's choosing me every day. Hey, man. What a choice. But, but it's the idea of saying, I'm not going to come to church just to sing songs. I'm not going to come to church just, and it, we say this all the time, and I don't want to sound cliche in saying this, but this can't be your only spiritual experience you have during the week. That's not intimacy. 
That is uh, an acquaintance with someone. I like being around you for a little bit, then I'm going to go home. That's not a real relationship. That's not a real relationship. Uh, one of the dangers that we can find, especially from our side of being on stage, is this idea of performance. And it happens in the seats, too. How you sing or, you, you know, you're looking around, you know, who's watching me? What, you know, I'm not going to sing because... I can't sing, so I don't want anyone to judge me. And now all of a sudden, we're worried about the performance of what's happening around us and how we're portraying. And we're not actually focused on worship, worshiping God. Y'all kind of chime in. What does that look like to fall into that trap of performance when it comes to living a lifestyle of worship? Not just singing, just a lifestyle of worship. How does that look to, to cross that line into performance? You know, I think we look at performance, and just like the definition of performance is you're, you're getting something for what you're doing. Right, like if it's an actress or an or a vocalist, like you may be getting paid for that. Sometimes it's accolades. Sometimes it's for love. Like people perform for love. You know, we have to perform at work for that paycheck. You know, so we look at performance as you're you're getting something back. But you look at the other side, worship, sacrifice. You're giving something away. You know, and so that's the distinction. Um, and and I'm, I'm very clear on we still do things with excellence, right? We still bring our very best, but our heart posture is different. I'm not bringing my very best so someone will be like, April, you did such a good job today. I'm like, thanks, you know? I'm bringing my very best because he's worthy, right? He's worthy of my first fruits of offering. He's worthy of excellence of my very best. So that's why, that's why the worship team practices, you know? That's why we prepare, um, we want to bring our very best. And the, and the heart behind it is I am bringing something to the table. I am not wanting anything in return. So, and just to kind of piggyback on, on that part of it, and without trying to sound super, like, like not fun guy, but, like, when, when we bring, when we say we're bringing stuff, we ain't bringing it to y'all, okay? I love y'all. Love y'all. Yes. This, not for you. This, this is, so listen, this is like, like when we, April was talking about it, we were talking about it, we're growing, I mean, when we come up here, we are providing an opportunity. That's your choice, whether you join in or not, but this, not for you. This, this is to help you with an opportunity to bring your offering as well, right? To join in with this, Yes. But not, this is not a concert. Yeah, this is not, like, even though I sing amazing, yes. <laughs> but, but no, but I'm just saying it's like, this is, I'm not bringing it so that you, so that you think I'm doing this great thing, right? I'm, man, my ministry is to Jesus first. Like, bro, like, y'all come, y'all don't come, it's cool. Because I'm still, I'm still going to worship, whether there's one person out there, whether there's, you know, just me in here. That's why I love, man, this just, oh, it's so good for me. And I know we, we talked about this before, but get it for me as, I mean, God, I've been seeing worship for a long time, but leading worship since my 11th grade, you know, in, in, uh, in high school, which was just a couple of years ago. But <laughs> that wasn't cool. Um, but, but no, it, ha it has to do with us getting out of our routine That's see right. for me for me it's it's not the am i gonna am i gonna bring my talents am i gonna bring my gifts it's can i step can i push myself far enough 
to where I, I'm, this is not about my gifts and my talents. I have to get out of my routine of, yes, I can play a B chord. Yes, I can play, a, you know, whatever. Yes, I can sing this note. Um, I know the harmony parts. I, I've got to, sometimes you'll hear me stop singing. Or maybe, I guess you won't hear me stop singing. But you know what I mean? It's like, because at, at times, I have to get past my gifts and talents to focus on, on, on my relationship. Like, am, am I, I feel, I think I said it last week, but, but am, am, am I using songs? Am I using my talents? Am I using my gifts then now to distract and put a shield in front of me so God doesn't, so this intimacy doesn't hurt me? Right, because intimacy is probably intimacy is actually probably it costs. We talked about sacrifice last week, but intimacy, true intimacy, will and should cost you. Yeah. If you're in a relationship that's not costing you, now I'm not talking about in unhealthy ways, but I'm talking about if if you're in a relationship that does not cost you, cost you trust, cost you effort, cost you time, guys, if you are not pursuing your wife. That's going to cost you, but I promise you, you should be pursuing your wife. Find out the things that she likes. Not You shouldn't expect her to always find things that you like. Yes? Okay? Wives, I'm not a wife, but, you know, I'm just saying, like, yes, I do have one, but it, vice versa. That's the thing I love about intimacy is that it's, it's, it reciprocates. Yes? You can't, you can't have one side of a relationship doing all the work, and then the other person like, so right and it's the same thing in our relationship with god god has already given everything he like i know our our little feeble minds cannot we cannot fathom what god has given us I, oh we can't fathom just the the depth of what god has given so then our part is to reciprocate that to to give that back even a small portion we talked about that the other night, right? Uh, I, I think maybe you said it, but it's that it's it's not the size of the gift that we give. Yes, oh, right. yeah. we got the the lady who's you know given a, a penny, a widow's mite, right? She's she's given that. That is her everything, bro. She probably heard her kids praying, gonna eat, but she's given, right? And that to me is intimacy. Is giving because it's already been given. Yeah, giving. Because you've already received, and yeah, and, and it, it works back and forth, guys. So um, I don't, man, I answered probably about 20 questions in sure. that. Yeah. But yeah, but that, I mean, to me, the performance, we lose it in performance when, when we get in this, this rut that we're unwilling to get out of and push ourselves out of. Or, even better, having somebody else come into our lives and say, hey, bro, you, you in this rut. Yeah. You know, that's super important for intimacy as well. I'll let you speak. Yeah, uh, I can't really add a whole lot onto that. Uh, but I think for me, performance versus worship, performance is me focused. Performance is look at me, look at what I can do. And worship, not just singing, not just music, worship is a lifestyle of putting that focus onto Him and onto God. So that's all I have. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. You know, we've been talking about worship being a lifestyle. We said, I think we read the scripture last week about being a living sacrifice. Your body's being a living sacrifice. And it's so easy to talk about performance versus worship in the context of singing. But if worship is more than just our song, 
and it, it's it's how we we work. You know, the scripture says, whatever you do, do it as if though you're working for the Lord, right? Um, there's so many forms of worship that takes it out of just reading God's word or prayer or a song, but just how we live is a form of worship. Can we talk about a little bit what that looks like, crossing that line performance in that aspect, outside of the singing and talent part of it, but just living everyday life, what does that look like? Oh, you want me to go? Uh, look, if I feel like I, if I go first, then I'll probably be shorter. So, uh, maybe not. I don't know. But, uh, so, what does that look like in my personal life, is, yeah. w- is what you're saying? Yeah. Um, I think this goes back to what I was saying. For me, it's, it goes back to what I was saying. For me, just for me personally, um, a lot of times I had to shut off music. Um, a lot of times I had to shut off my singing. Not, not all the time, so, but, because I think God uses our gifts and talents to, 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 you know, to work with us and, you know, so. But for me, sometimes I have to get past my distractions to get past, get to the intimacy part. Yeah. Um, so for me, a lot of times it looks like being in silence, like writing, um, very practically speaking, it looks like, because I work in Beaumont, so I have a, you know, 30-minute, you know, travel. So it looks like me turning off my radio, period, and just being alone with God. And, and look, I, I, I will very honestly, very, you know, transparently, I have struggled with intimacy for a lot of my life. Um, so to me, hiding behind stuff, right? And when it comes to intimacy, that, that breaks all of that, yeah. yes? Intimacy we should not be hidden. We shouldn't be hiding, right? That is the enemy of intimacy. So honesty, openness, that is that will begin intimacy. I know it's a it's a journey, learning intimacy. But when when you find yourself hiding, if 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 you say, "Hey God," and then you feel that little eh, like that, okay, let's look in. Let's look into that. Because that little that little thing that that you feel like you want to hide behind um, or hide from that, that's the thing that's keeping you from intimacy. Okay, um, and it's what the enemy that little bitty thing is what the enemy wants to use, make it look like a huge huge thing, yeah. right? But God's saying, bro, if you just 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 bring it to me, it's not like you don't know. Come on now. So anyway, or to me, it's learning to be open, learn to be honest. Learning to be, to be, uh, to not hide, and it takes practice. Intimacy takes practice, and it takes work. Yeah. Um, so that's what it looks like to me. Also, let me. Can I say this on the thing that I said before, just very quickly? I said, you know, if you're in a relationship, make sure that you're pursuing each other. If you are not in a relationship, pursue yourself. Come on. Listen, like that's that's super important to pursue yourself because listen. It, like because that's that is the most important relationship that you could take care of is your relationship with you so it's important to pursue yourself right what are the things that you like find that again yeah that's because yeah okay that's it <laughs> so i'm gonna go to romans 12 1 and 2 and it says give your bodies to god 
because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So this is how you will know God's perfect will for you, which is good and pleasing. And so this is, to me, this is the best scripture for worship as lifestyle, right? We are living this life daily where we are. And we talked about communing with God. And, you know, there's the scripture that says pray without ceasing. And, like, I used to gloss over that scripture. How am I supposed to pray without ceasing? I have life, right? Like, I am driving. I am working. I'm taking care of kids. I'm cooking. I'm cleaning. I, yeah. You know, so how do you, how do you do that? Like, and it doesn't mean you're sitting there with your eyes closed, like consciously praying all day long. This is, this is like communion, right? You're communing with God all day long. You're, you're in constant communication. Like you're, this is, this is why we have a spirit. (laughs) This is it, right? This is what sets us apart from, from the angels. We have a soul, right? Um, So we are constantly in communion with God. and again, this is like a progression. This is, this is an opportunity. It's an invitation. This is, this is a choice. If you struggle, I, I struggle in this area sometimes, you know? So turning your heart and mind to God in those times when you feel like I'm not fully um, aligning with God, you know? And if you have a question, like, what does that look like? What does being aligned with God look like? Well, I go back to the fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If, if there's an area that you're struggling in, there's, there's at, least, at least one. I'm struggling in more than one of these areas. If there's, thank you. Um, but this is, a, again, this is an invitation. This is an opportunity. How can I line myself back up with truth, with Holy Spirit? And doing that is worship. Doing that's worship. You know? And and I think that's the beautiful part of it. Because we do kind of get that weird idea that worship is just singing. I I don't know where that I don't know where that came from. Maybe because we call it a worship service, you know, but our lives are worship. Our lives are a testimony to the goodness of God. And so living our life like that. And again, this is not a you gotta get it all right today. This is what have we been saying the whole time? This is a marathon. This is not a sprint, you know, and, and we use the scripture as our plumb line, right? So if I am not being gentle, I don't know if you know this, but I cannot be gentle a lot. I have a mouth and sometimes it speaks before my brain and spirit catch up. I love, I love sarcasm and it just comes out, but I have to, I don't remind myself. Holy Spirit reminds me. That's not a fruit of the Spirit. And I am daily dying to self on that one. And some days I win. And some days I don't. And it's okay because it's a new day tomorrow. And I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to do it again. You know, grace is there when we mess up. It's not permission. I do want to clarify that. Grace is not permission to sin. Um, but it is freedom from it. So it gives you the opportunity to pick yourself up and you try again. That's good. Really good. Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, I don't remember the question. <laughs> well, <laughs> help him, Lord. One of the things I, I've always felt like uh, this may help. Sorry, you can tag on it when you feel something. Um, 
sometimes performance looks like I, I serve sometimes so that people see me serve. And I do it under the banner of I'm, I'm doing this for the Lord. And I am, you know, and, and I, I know I, I've made uh, jest at some of these things, but like the post where everything is perfect on your Instagram picture, it's like, look at my Bible study. Look at my this, look at my that. Look at me, 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 my, my, my. And I'm like, that's performance. If you want to know what it looks like to transition from worship to performance is that there's endorphins that are released every time you get a like on Facebook. And so you get addicted to that, and you want more and more and more of that, and you feel like, well, now I've crossed that line without even realizing it, that I do all these things so that people can continue to give me the accolades so I feel good about myself. And I've forgotten that I'm not, I don't find my identity in my service. I find my identity in Jesus, and it just is the byproduct of that. I serve because of who Jesus is. And the closer we get to him, the more intimate we get. I believe that intimacy pushes out performance. Performance can't stay where intimacy is because it doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore because now we know who God is and we know what God is doing for us, through us, in us, and, and, and just how great he is. It's like, I don't, I don't have to perform now. It doesn't matter. Who cares if I get 100 likes on Facebook because of this? I'm just going to say, the, the Holy Spirit told me, I need to post this scripture today and that's it. And, and I just turn it off. That's it. I don't care. I'm being obedient because I'm so intimate with the Father that I know when he says to go, when he says to speak, when he says to pray, when he says to sing, when he says turn off the radio and just stop. Um, I don't want you leaving our services, especially these next few weeks and what we've been doing right now, without getting something practical. If you're more focused on what people are saying about what you're doing and about your ministry or about your, your service or about this or that, you are off track on your focus. And we're talking today about refocusing what are we doing? We are worshiping God. We're not worshiping our performance. We're not worshiping our talents or anything else. Like Jerry said, we don't do this for y'all. So it's really just understanding that I am seeking the Lord, and I know that as I seek him, I find him. And the more I seek, the more I find. It's like the ultimate treasure hunt, but the treasure's not hidden. It's really, really incredible to see how much God just opens himself up to us because he desires to be intimate with us, too. And it's not just a one-sided relationship. Um, can we throw up this uh, Psalm 63 real quick, please? I want to kind of start wrapping things up. Um, uh, is that right? Let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. God, you are my God. I'm sorry. I was reading that first part there. I guess it's the explanation of the, the psalm there. Uh, God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and your glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you. Now, if that's not a, a beautiful picture of a good marriage, meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely, but those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. That's really uh, a little tough at the end. But the idea of saying, God, I just, I can't not think about you. That's a place of intimacy we want all of you to be at. 
that as, you, as you're growing, and, and they said it so perfectly, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Just like a marriage, they say you grow more in love every year. You know, it's like if, well, if you're healthy, right? Um, you're choosing your partner, and you're saying, I, I love you more today than I did when I first met you. Because now I've seen so much. Like he said, I've seen, I've tasted, I've, I've seen your goodness, I've seen your love, and I don't want anything else. That's what I long, that's what I think about at night. It's, it's, I, I can't not think about how good God is. And when we start living like that, it's like the problems that are there, they just don't seem as big anymore. Yes. They just don't seem to be, carry as much weight and power anymore right. in how I make decisions for my life. Because I'm like, yeah, this, this really stinks what I'm going through right now. Who wants to see your dad die? Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden now I'm realizing this is nothing compared to the love of God. And, and, and I'm longing to be with him forever. So when my time comes, I'm, I want it to be a celebration. Let's go. I'm moving on to glory. Let's go, you know, because I know who God is, and that's what I desire so much. Uh, you know, we talk about Jesus said that he wants to, uh, he, he can give us a rich and satisfying life, an abundant life now. And I think it's living in the spirit, walking with the spirit, seeing peace when there shouldn't be peace, choosing love when you don't want to give love. It's like this is a kingdom that doesn't make sense, but it works. Because it's God's kingdom, and it's not in trouble. It's never in trouble, and it produces this incredible fruit in our life that surpasses our egos and our desires and what people say about us and what things happen to us. It doesn't matter because God is so good, and he is always there with us. Any final thoughts? I just want to say, like, practically. What does this look like practically? I think it starts with positioning your heart to God. You know, and, and, okay, you know, that sounds very lovely, but what does that mean? Well, I choose it. Just choose it. You know, and if you have to say, Jesus, I am turning my heart towards you today. I'm positioning my ear to hear you today. Like, sometimes you say those things out loud so that your brain and spirit line up. Yes. You know, and, and, it, and it, it looks like reading the Bible. You know, when I said, this is your plumb line, I meant... It's not my phone. My scripture was pulled up on my phone. It's the word, right? So get in the word. If you don't read, okay, you version will read to you. You know, um, if you struggle with understanding what's being read in the Bible, buy a book of somebody that's done the hard work already and read what they have to say about it and then go back to the word. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's choosing to listen to worship music instead of rock. Or country, you know, I mean, whatever. You know, it's it's positioning your heart and your mind. And, and it is a choice, guy. Like this, it's it's the thing of like it, we die to ourselves every day. Yeah. And That's we good. pick ourselves up and we try again. And again, and again, and again. That's good. Yeah, I want to say too, one of the things that we said at the very beginning of worship, uh, Jonathan said, you know, raise your hands. Uh, some of you, that it's very uncomfortable for you to do that. One of the things I learned for me is that, especially when I'm singing to God, although it is scriptural to, uh, to raise your hands, to clap your hands, to bow down, all these different physical things, I think when we do physical stuff like that, just to wrap up here, that's showing um, sometimes our, our brains and our hearts, hey, you know what, I'm going to step out and do something that's uncomfortable for me, not to perform, but to say, God, I am, I'm showing you physically, I am trying to surrender because I, I need you. I need you now. And all I can do is just raise my hands. All I can do is just bow on the floor. It's my only response. And um, 
Anyway, I, I think sometimes we got to start training ourselves to get out of the, our own way and do some things that may stretch us as we're singing praises to God and, and really focus on what am I saying when I'm singing. We choose to not sing certain songs in our worship, uh, song portion of our worship services because they're just I-focused and me-focused. And some of y'all love these songs. I love some of these songs. They're great radio songs. They're great personal devotional songs. But they're really talking more about me than they are God, so we just choose not to sing them. Right. We're not mad at the people. We just choose not to do it because we want to try to keep our focus solely on why we're here. It's about God. So anyway, Jonathan's going to pray for us, and then we'll dismiss. If you want prayer after that, we'll hang out. We'd love to pray with you. Um, and and thank again for thank you again for being here this morning. If you're first time, glad you're here. We love you guys. Yeah, Father, I just I thank you so much for today, God. I thank you for this new day of life that you've blessed each and every one of us with, God. I thank you for that intimacy uh, that we so crave, God. Um, and I pray that I pray that today that if it's something that we don't have a grasp on, if it's something that we we struggle with, is being intimate with you, Father. I pray that you would meet us where we're at today. I know that you will, and I just ask that over each and every person today, God. I ask for deeper, 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 deeper. Father, help us to sacrifice what needs to be sacrificed in our life so that we can get closer with you, so that we can commune with you and be intimate with you. You're always intimate with us, Father. Help us to meet you where you're at and be intimate with you.